Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode. And today we're going to talk about the art of idea generation. But before we get onto that, we want to say a huge thank you to our latest Kofi supporters. And they are Marcia Furman, Penny Vola and Joanna Brown. We always really appreciate the support. Not only does it help us towards the cost of running Kicking the Creatives, it also helps to show us that you like what we're doing. So thank you for your support. And we've also had a really nice uh, podcast review. And it says, lovely show, five stars. This podcast is both entertaining and full of content that we beginners find useful. Also, it's quite goofy and I appreciate the humour. And Sandra has a sexiest laugh. Keep it up, <laughs> ladies. And that's from Andy Sandy Ego via Apple Podcast in the United States. I, I think it, I have never been accused of having a sexy laugh before. <laughs> I, th- I think he means dirty laugh. <laughs> now that would be more appropriate, I think. Dirty yeah. Laugh. Anyway, show, show me show me how to do the sexy laugh because I want one. Oh, I don't know. It's just so natural <laughs> to me. You see. Okay. Oh, God, I don't know. Thank you, though, Andy. I'm very, um, I don't know what the word is. Flattered. I'm very flattered. Flattered that someone actually likes my laugh. Normally people run a mile, (laughs) especially the dog. (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, we also want to thank everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social media. Um, And we've had loads, as always. Gabriella Pop, she's been doing a bit of kick urban sketching and a bit of portrait July, such a variety of stuff. She's been an absolute joy to watch. I mean, her stuff is just, well, so varied all the time. You never get bored, do you? Mind you, I don't get bored no, of any so of it. Good. But, so yeah, good she's good. Well. She is so good. She's got just such a talent. Um, Rob Myers, he's been doing the portrait July challenge and he's been using this kind of really muted um palette um it's still charcoal i think but it's um so it's his usual style but at the same time it's got this added extra layer if you like and they've been really interesting uh timothy witt oh he's been doing the most characterful animal drawings for portrait july everyone that i've seen has has just made me laugh for all the right reasons he did one that was a cow and i just chuckled as soon as i saw it and a recent dog and they're just so cute have you seen those yeah, I've seen, yeah. Yeah. To tell you the truth, I, I could have listed about, well, I could have listed tons of people, but I've kept it at three, but there were loads of others that caught my eye. What about you? Well, I really like Esther Arroyo's self-portraits. Um, she did a recent one in the wheels, and I thought that was amazing. You could sort of see all the, I don't know if they're brush marks or a palette knife she'd use, but I really like that. And then there's Sue O. Menlina on Instagram. And she's created some digital portraits for Portrait July. They've got so much expression in them. She's done so much like, they're almost like caricatures of people. Some have been cartoons. They've kind of been, some have been stretched. All, all different sort of things, but all done digitally, I think, in Procreate. And yeah. I thought, thought they'd been great. Yeah. Anyway, what is new with you? 
Well, oh, loads. I think last, yeah. was it the last episode where I was like, no, nothing's new because we only spoke three days ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a couple of weeks this time. So, yes, loads and loads is new with me. Really? Yeah, tons. Oh, honestly. I do know some. Whole episode on what's new with me. <laughs> um, right, okay. So, first of all, I think I might have said last time that my art studio was having a makeover. Yes. Um, and it's finally finished. Oh my gosh, and I just love it. I I love it. Um, my only problem is it's so nice that I'm worried about getting paint on it. <laughs> oh yeah, that would worry me. All new stuff in there. Oh, it's so nice. Um, anyone who didn't hear the last episode, basically, I my art studio is kind of like a converted garage, and I'm very very lucky to have it. But it's I, I've had the same studio for years and it was getting really tired and it didn't have proper cupboards. It just kind of had shelves with shower curtains across the top. It was kind of just like a makeshift place for me to paint. And I realized it, it was becoming less functional and the more, the busier I get, the more functional the space needs to, to be. And um, so basically my husband, he's so brilliant. He, he said, yeah, let's, let's give it a makeover. And I did not imagine it would be as nice as it is, but it's all got proper units in there with proper dormer paintings and the canvases properly. And, and oh my gosh, I've scrubbed it to within an inch of its life. And it just looks so fresh and lovely. And I've been, I did do, um, I think three, I don't know if it's three or four, I think it might be three little videos on um, Instagram TV just to sort of follow the progress. And um, yeah, so it's finished now. So I'm really, really chuffed. Um, I've just received six new canvases because I haven't been out of paint all the time that that was happening. Funny enough, I think it only took about, how long would you say that makeover took, Tara? About three weeks? Yeah, I would say that, yeah. yeah. It didn't take long, but obviously in that time I couldn't, I couldn't actually paint um, because I can't paint in amongst chaos. I just, I just can't. Um, so I was doing a bit of drawing here and there, but, but that was it. Um, so yeah, I got six canvases that have just arrived, which I can store. Uh, and I am going to be starting a new painting, uh, hopefully, well, definitely this weekend, if not before. Um, and that's just as well, because I don't think I told you this, did I, Tara? But I sold four paintings in one day the other day. No. I forgot, wow. I forgot to tell you. I didn't tell me that. I nearly told you when I spoke to you on the phone last, and I thought, actually, I'll save that to the podcast because then I can get a proper gasp. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> you can go, <gasps> and it's, how did you, it's all to the same person or different people? Yeah, it was, was all to the same person. But I was wow. gossiping. really strange because I, um, yeah, I just got this notification on my phone saying, congratulations, you just sold four paintings. And I thought, oh, that's not true. That's a, that's a spam or a scam or yeah. whatever. Um, and you know when something happens like that and you just think, no, nah, no yeah. way. No one's going to buy four paintings. It's just not – they're just not. It just doesn't Have they bought one before? No, I've never – no, never. Oh, so it's not like they bought your work and then they know, know it's good and – because no. I'd be a bit scared of buying four paintings from someone I hadn't actually seen properly. I try on my website when I paint, when I take photos of my work or on my blogs, I try to do photographs of the art itself, but also in a studio environment so you can kind of see what it's like and on, on maybe a little easel where you're standing back and to the side. So people kind of can see what it is. Um, but I wasn't worried about that 
but I, gosh, I was just like, no, no. no but, I don't mean I don't mean being worried, but like because you haven't actually seen one in the flesh, I think I'd be scared to buy four, so I'd yeah. buy one from the person, and then and when like, I knew, oh yes, I it's, it does yeah. look how it, you know. Yeah. Then also, I, I suppose why I was surprised as well is because they were because I've got two, I've I've got one style, but sort of two different kind of feelings to my art, I guess. So you've yeah. got the bright light sort of side, and then you've got the darker sort of side. Yeah. And um, I, I think I'd sold two sort of the brighter ones and then two of the sort of darker ones. So it's really, really interesting. But the problem is, of course, I was thinking, oh, my God, I've got literally hardly anything on my website now for sale at all. If you go to my paintings page, it's like there's paintings everywhere, but you go onto the what's available and it's like, oh. <laughs> you have to start pushing your limited editions because you've got quite a few limited editions, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I don't push those enough at all. I really should. Yeah. But, so if um, anyone wants one of Sandra's paintings but doesn't want to invest in the painting, come and get a limited edition. Yeah, and there's only 25 of each, you know, so yeah. You've got a free advert. Right? <laughs> <laughs> free blog. Yeah, so so that was interesting. So now I need to get my bum into gear and get painting. So I'm going to be painting. I, I'm painting wine bottles this time, but I think I've got a few other ones in mind that aren't wine. I know I've got this exhibition that I can do but I don't think I'm going to do all wine I just I just know I'm going to get bored if I do all wine so I'm going to be doing other things as well that are well the wine place uh, because this is I know you're doing these for there's a vineyard isn't it you're going to have an exhibition at so Mm. will they take paintings and other things other than just wine yeah they will will. yeah they will some Uh, cheese and cheese cheese. yeah I don't paint cheese though no but maybe you could put it in a nice glass dish or something no. Nah. <laughs> oh, some grapes. Grapes. In, I have in painted grapes. I have pre- painted grapes before. I like painting yeah. with the skin of fruit. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. I want to mention something else as well. Um, okay. Recently, um, Gold Spot Pens sent me a um, a narwhal piston fill fountain. Uh, fountain. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I've, I've had too much coffee. Fountain you're testing, pen. You're testing that, those peas on your new microphone. Yeah, you? I'm <laughs> testing the pop filter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they sent me a, a, a pen, a fountain pen to try um, because <clears throat> they were interested to know what I would think. And it was quite funny because Paul, my husband, he said, what was um, that's right it came and it was obviously from America I think it was from America it came yeah it was uh, yeah. yeah and um, it was on the kitchen island and then Paul came home and he goes oh he goes um what have you what have you been treating you treating yourself to this time then I'm joking playing around yeah. and I said I haven't I said this one's been sent to me for free and he said free he said who would send you something like that for free and he opened the box he said wow it's really nice I was like I know and um he said he said he said, why would they send it to you for free? Then I said, well, because, you know, obviously Tara and I, the new Posh and Bex, we're just getting free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Anyway, so it was really nice of them. Um, and I was really excited to try it because I'm a bit of a, pa- a pen fan. But to be honest, quite often when I try a new fountain pen, they quite often just, I find them a bit disappointing because they either feel too heavy, which yeah. is no good for me. I don't like heavy pens, but they'll feel too light on the other hand do you know what I mean something something yeah. else feels too light yeah. and then worse still you get a really scratchy nib and uh, so to be honest I was kind of expecting that it you know it was lovely of them to send it but maybe you know it wouldn't be amazing yeah. but actually I was so surprised because 
A, it was so pretty. Well, not pretty. It was just very, very attractive pen. Yeah. And um, But when I picked it up out of the box, I, I just knew straight away. I thought, oh, this is actually a quality pen. It's It feels the perfect weight. And when I actually um, put, it, put the nib to paper, it's so smooth. It really was really, really smooth. And so I really, really liked it a lot. And I do want to point out at this moment that I am not affiliated with Gold Spot whatsoever. And if I didn't like it, I just literally wouldn't have mentioned it on the podcast. But I genuinely was really impressed. So I just wanted to say a thank you very much, Gold Spot, if you're listening, which I doubt, <laughs> but for sending it to me because I really, really do love it. Um, and I guess if you want one, you can go to goldspot.com. What about you, Tara? Yes, what, you haven't know, asked me. I was going to tell what, you without you asking me. Yeah, what's new with you? <laughs> well, I've got to be honest and say that I haven't done that much because it's this puppy, puppy of yours, isn't puppy it? Puppy is still making me very tired. Um, but I've, I have been working on something. Uh, one of my abstract, well, actually, two of my abstract faces are going to be in a, a big course next year. There's a, I can't say what it is, but there's. There's a course that has loads of different artists creating faces and teaching how to create faces. So, so some of mine are going to be in that. So I've been working on that a lot. I've still obviously been drawing. But it was terrible. I think I told you, didn't I, the other day? I was sitting and I was editing it, and I was obviously I must have been really, really tired because I've I've slightly dropped off at my desk before when I've been doing editing because it's, it's quite repetitive, isn't it? Stuff yeah, like that. yeah. But I literally nearly fell off my chair. Because I tipped sideways, it's like, oh my god! I'm so if we hear a big, if we hear a big crash in about ten minutes, we'll know that you're, yeah, you're yeah. A bit sleepy. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I've been working on that and editing that. I'm, I've still got to finish that off. Yeah. Um, but I was quite pleased actually with the drawing I did for that because you never know that you you start something and when it's for something, there's a bit more pressure on you, isn't there? Mm. It's almost like a commission, isn't it? It's like when you get commissioned to paint something. And I thought, oh, is this going to work out? And I'd chosen this photo I really liked, but I was I was quite happy with how it worked. Um, but then I've also been playing in my sketchbook a bit more. I've been using like, some watercolour markers, gum, gum tape. I think I mentioned this last time. I have a thing for gummed tape. Hang now. on. Is gum tape double-sided sticky tape? No, gum tape is what I call, you know, the brown, you know, the brown tape you use for taping down watercolour paper if you want to stretch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a brown craft paper, but it's got sticky sort of stuff, sticky side as well. I've got a tip, you lick it I've, got, stick yeah, it. I've got a tip about that tape as well. Oh, okay. Oh, I dread to think. Anyway, so I've been using that just almost in a sort of collage way and absolutely loving that. So I've been trying to think how I might take that because I've been like loving the looseness of using mm. that because in my sketchbook I'm much looser. So I'm wondering if I can now take that into the you know, the more finished abstract faces I do and use it in a bigger piece of work. So. Well, that's great because you were actually feeling in a bit of a rut, weren't you? I was, yes. Yeah, so so this is quite good that you sort of found something that's piquing your interest again, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, you know, for a while now I've been searching for something. I want something that makes me looser because yeah. part of the fun <laughs> is the expressiveness yeah. for me. Whereas I was losing that because once you know what you're doing with something and yeah. it's a process, it's a less expressive, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. Sometimes the playing part is. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. So that, I think, yeah, I'm going to try and work out how I maybe bring that into larger. The only thing I can't work out, maybe you've got some ideas for this, 
is if I work on a large piece, when, I, when I'm working on my sketchbook, it's a fairly small square sketchbook. So it's mm. part of an A4, I guess. Yeah. Whereas when I usually work a square out of an A3, or I was thinking about you going even bigger, but obviously gum strip is it's smaller you can't get tape that <clears throat> yeah you you can't get giant gum tape no <laughs> what i want <clears throat> yeah um could you use if something there's any in... giant gum tape manufacturers could, well, could you could you not use something like torn up brown paper that's stuck down with double tie sided sticky tape i could do but the only trouble with it is it's a lot thicker whereas the, what i like yeah. about the gum tape is it's it's so thin so it doesn't make you know like when you go over the top of it it's not like you know you miss if you if you're using something like a crayon mm. if, if it's over paper you kind of miss it don't you it kind of skips where the where the join is but it doesn't doesn't so much with that so yeah well, what was your tip on gum tape anyway? oh yeah my tip okay so any watercolor um artists out there so gum tape um is actually tape that has um arabic gum on the back and basically or gum arabic i think it's called and basically like tara said it's you can stick watercolor paper down and you can stretch it and whatnot but it's really good for keeping your brushes into shape as well so if you when you've finished your um painting you can wash your brush with some water and then you just dip your brush into some water afterwards and then you run the brush along the the sticky part of the gum tape and then you just shape it and it keeps it to a lovely point and it's completely um, soluble and actually I think it's gum arabic that um, you know when you get a a new brush and it's all perfectly pointy I think that's what they use to make it like that so it's a way of kind of keeping it in shape all the time you can buy well, bottles of gum arabic, but actually, the, you, you'd get too much on the brush probably if you if you dipped it in a bottle of it. But yeah, just by running it along the gum tape, you can then just um, keep them in tip top condition with a nice point. One thing I've heard about that though is when I did a watercolor course is to make sure before you start your painting that you actually wash off that gum arabic yeah, definitely um, in different water, not the water you're going to use to paint with. We did an episode, didn't we? I think it's quite near the beginning, wasn't it? All um, just general tips. art slips. I don't know yeah. whether I, ever, I don't know if that was part of it. Whether I ever I shared think, that. I think one. not the gum tape. I think you shared the gum Arabic, but not yeah. actually in tape form. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I take it there's nothing else new with you. No, apart from seeking else. giant gum Sleep. tape. No sleepless nights, and that's about it. Oh dear. <laughs> So let's get on to today's topic then. So we're talking about the art of idea generation. And to be quite honest, this is way more your topic, Tara, isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know now, actually, because I think I think you do much more than you think now. Mm. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> Tara's area of expertise more than mine. <laughs> In fact, Tara used to have her own podcast dedicated to idea generation. So, uh, and you kind of, you got quite obsessed about it, didn't you? At college, you really, yeah, all the ideas. Well, actually, no, it's actually after college. It wasn't at college I got obsessed about it. It was while I was a graphic designer because I just, I, I got so bored and stayed I guess that mm. I couldn't think of it so I started studying idea generation yeah, yeah. you did so so really <laughs> do you know I almost allocated all of these ideas for you I almost sent you this this document with our bullet bullet points with well, just, you suggested this podcast that's what I, didn't I, I did because I just knew you you'd be the perfect person to talk about idea generation but what was interesting is I I, I thought oh do you know what I'm just going to put all of the bullet points under um 
Tara's names and then I'm just going to put respond to above <laughs> on, on mine <laughs> so you can you can basically do the whole podcast and I'll just go mm, yeah great idea what about this <laughs> so anyway I thought no I'm not going to be cruel I will <clears throat> I will get involved um but I, I have to be honest from the offset I'm I'm not the expert in this field. I don't do a great deal of some of this stuff. But when I have been through art blocks in the past, I have genuinely used some of these ideas and they really genuinely have worked. So I know they work. And um, I suppose it's always better, isn't it, to prevent an art block than it is to try and come out of one. So one great way of doing this is actually to create a mood board and um, continuously add to it and take things away. Tara and I have probably, I don't know, we may have different ideas on what a mood board is because this is one of your bullet points, wasn't it? <laughs> Create a mood I board. I think I did most of the bullet points because I think I, I went think to the thing at all. Yeah, yeah nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> you well, do, you've done much, most on other ones. Yeah, you, you pretty much covered everything. And um, I may have a different idea of what a mood board is than you. I don't know, so we'll, I'll ask okay. you in a minute. But um, my the way I would do it is I'd have like a cork board somewhere on the wall and every time I see something that I'm inspired by, I would then pin it on the board. And I know that you can create mood boards digitally on Pinterest and places like that. But for me, I have to be able to see things without having to look for them on a computer. So on the wall, perhaps of my art studio, that would be the perfect place for me. And I guess the kind of things I might put on mine would be maybe clippings from a magazine that have inspired me. So that might just be a simple advert for, I don't know, beer or something. And it, it wouldn't be the beer I was interested in. Well, <laughs> it probably would actually. <laughs> uh, but the, maybe maybe the, the picture has got beads of condensation running down the can or the glass or something like that. And that might pique my interest. And I might think, oh, yeah, I'd love to paint some beads of you know, condensation running down a glass or something. I'm going to just cut that little bit of that paint, uh, that advert out and stick it on my mood board. Or it might just simply be an image that doesn't have anything to do with the things I like to paint, but it might just have some interesting colours in it that look really lovely together. It might be a photo I've taken myself or um, it might be a, a landscape photograph someone else has taken and, and there's gorgeous colors in the sky I might think oh they, they look lovely I'd like to do a color palette like that um or it might be just little sketches of things that I can uh, that I think of perhaps in a day and I think oh I'll stick that on my mood board equally I think I could also pin written ideas on the board that kind of thing so notes perhaps if I think oh I'd like, I'd like to paint that one day write it down stick it on my mood board and something else I might also do on my mood board is to add some inspiring quotes and um, some people might think that's a bit like, oh, really? But I really do think that they they work. I mean, you, and I want to do this, Tara, but you've got um, a pin board, haven't you, with, with our podcast reviews stuck on it. Yeah, it's not just podcast reviews. It's emails people have sent us yeah. to say, you know, how, how much they enjoy the podcast and say lovely things about us. Yeah, I found I find it because I know I see the reviews, but then I find it hard to find a place where they all are that I can print them out because I'd love to do that. Um, but that's such a good idea. It doesn't have to be just about creating a mood. But it can also be used to to lift it, too. So. I mean, am I right there, Tara? That's how I would do it. How would you create a mood board? Well, that's pretty pretty similar to to what I'd do, though I'd probably actually stick things all on one bit of paper. But I first found out about mood boards, I think, when years ago, do you remember I told you I used to work for a watch company? 
Yeah. Uh, they used to make plastic watches, a bit like Swatch watches, but these were more, these ones we did were really popular in Europe. Um, right. And I used to design some of the watches. It was only for about a year I did it, but we used to have fashion designers come in every, I don't know, every like six months or whatever. And they'd consult and set, bring these mood boards in on what was happening kind of in the fashion world. And these mood boards would basically be, there'd be bits of material, there'd be like color swatches, there'd be images, and they were basically all supposed to give a feel for what was happening in, you know, in the industry at the time and what right. we should maybe base the watches on. So it was, it was basically an inspiration board that you'd look at that and you think, oh, okay, so I should perhaps be using those cyber colors type of imagery that might be in might be that sort of thing do you know what I mean it was it was just there to give you ideas basically yeah. um I've used it loads as a graphic designer but it was more so say I was working on a logo project and it was going to be a really upmarket logo yeah so I might go cut bits of images out of a magazine or something for upmarket products so it might be the actual logos themselves but it also could be the actual look of products and then you'd use that because it's basically instead of starting with a completely blank sheet of paper to try and come up with ideas, you can look at all these things. You're not trying to rip these these off. But you're thinking, okay, so generally if someone something's upmarket, it tends to be very white or very black and clean. Yeah. It's just to give you the feel of a thing. And I guess for art, I've used it more in a Pinterest way where I'll pin loads of types of art I like or bits of art I like. But it might even be bits of art that I don't like, which is, is weird. Yeah, why would you do that? Because I might not like the actual finished piece of art, but I like might like an element of it. Right. So then I might like, like you said, two colours that have been used together. Mm. Or I might like the way they've blurred something. Yeah. Or the tool they've used, two two bits media they've mixed together. Yeah. So yeah, it's basically just an inspiration board. Shall we move on to mind maps? Yeah, go for it. So I think most people have probably heard of mind maps, and I think one of the ways you use them is to organise things, and they're absolutely brilliant for that. We, we've been using them, haven't we, to organise stuff? Yeah, and you had to teach me what a mind map was because I remember because me and Tara obviously we do all these different things, and she's oh, what I'll do is let's create a mind map. And I'm like, well, what on earth? Is I've heard of it, but I'd, I've never made a mind map. And she's like, right, this is how it works. I'm like, oh, that's why your brain is so weird. <laughs> that's why it works like it does. But when when you're doing it to organize something, you might organize, say, a book, and you'd perhaps put chapter one. Uh, you'd have a branch out, so you'd put my book, and then chapter one in as a branch, and then under that you might have all the things that are going in that chapter as little branches, and then you could branch off of those. So that's the organisation way. But if I was using it for ideas, I'm much looser about things. So I might start with a central thing. So say I was thinking, oh, I'm going to build an idea around a tree. So I might put the word tree in the middle in a circle, and then off it I'll put a little line. And then I might put bark. So so then I and I might actually start drawing things as well. So I might start drawing little bits of bark because you can make visual connections as well as verbal ones. Yeah. But then instead of just thinking, so if I was doing something a real straight mind map, you know, like an organisation one, I would stick then to the sort of tree theme. But because I'm not, I'm going for loose associations. I might go bark and then dog. Yeah. That's so funny because that would be my automatic thought was dog and yeah. 
Yeah, so, so mine, mine myself. <laughs> I must admit, once you showed me how to use a mind map, I was like, oh, I love this. It's really cool. Yeah, it's a fun way to do. But speaking of, because we were just talking about random words, we touched on random words. Yeah. And that is a a really, really good way of being inspired. It can be used in so many ways. And this is something that's worked really, really well for me in the past, before I even met you, actually. But the way I did it, I think we must be going back 10 years or so now. And I paired up with another artist. I was in contact with another artist, brilliant artist called Suzanne Berry. And, um, she came from New York, so we'd never actually met, but we used to email each other back and forth. And um, it, I think over the, a period of about a month, we both realized that we were both in a bit of a an art block. So we decided we would pair up when we did, we did a joint blog at the time. And what we did is we take it in turns every month to pick five random words. And the other person would then choose one of those words and then we would both have to create a painting which was inspired by that word and the reason we did that is because like I say we were experiencing this block at the time and I think um, we just needed a kickstart do you know what I mean and it just seemed like a simple way of doing it well if you've got this word you've got to paint something about that word so it took away any sort of choices really it just made your mind tick and, also um, having someone else to do it with as well. Yeah, that definitely. Pushes yeah. each other on along, doesn't it? Mm. I think the first word I got was um, evidence. And that one, that one word inspired me to paint a teacup with the lipstick mark on it. And I'll tell you what, that painting sold within, I don't know whether it was minutes or a day or something, I've put it on my website, it just went. Sorry, I bet you would never, ever have painted that cup like no. that. No, I wouldn't. And I, and it was one of my favourite paintings at the time. I really yeah. liked it. In fact, it, only the other day, actually, I was thinking about that painting, thinking, you know, I'd, I'd like to do something else like that. Um, but if you want to do it do you yourself... Do your word? Do, <laughs> no, no. I, not, not while I've got these, this painting I'm doing in my head at the moment because you're going to send me all over the place. Um, but, yes, actually, that might be a good idea. I might get you to give me a word um, when I've stopper. done this. Gobstopper. Oh, God. See, the, how... What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> but you can, you know, you can um, do it yourself. You can just type into, I don't know, is it Random Word Generator? I think there's a site called, isn't there? You type, like that, yeah. Yeah, t- type Random Word Generator into Google and it'll pick a word for you. And don't don't keep going, oh, no, I don't like that one, don't like that one, don't like that one. <laughs> just whatever word it comes up with you know, go for it. And it's really surprising how much that does work. And like I said before, Tara, you're the expert, but this is one I've used and it really, really worked for me. Yeah. I mean, I've used it again a lot for design. Yeah. Um, So if you get something, because I used to do jobs and they'd come up year after year, the same old job and you think, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do with it this year? And you do my mind map, which is always my go-to for these you know these things and yeah you know, so I'd got to come up with an advert but of course your mind you know what you know so your mind will keep coming up with the same the same yeah. ideas that it's always for the same job that you've always been told so so sometimes if you add in a random word to the mix it's like okay how the heck can I apply word gobstopper to this advert idea that I'm doing so how can I somehow and obviously it's completely bizarre and you'll get some but some some for some reason it will start getting you thinking in different ways it's almost like 
So if you suddenly got two people working on the job, you get extra ideas coming in. It's a bit like that. Yeah. It's just adding something new to the mix. It does. And it's surprising because it's funny you were saying gobstopping. All I've got now is all these visions coming up in my head about, oh, oh, that could work. (laughs) But it's something I wouldn't think of. And it's a bit like that teacup. With I mean, obviously, I love to paint reflective things, shiny things. Um, I, I really do. And I... I was still doing that. I painted a white teacup, plain white teacup, and it it was very reflective, though, of just the colours around it. So funny enough, I think that the colour I used least in this white teacup was white. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's something that I wouldn't immediately have thought of doing. Yeah, and I, I was going to say you can actually connect it back your random word to things that you like doing. So yeah, so like you like doing reflective. So I like drawing faces. So I could say, okay, I'm going to draw a face, but I want to input something random into it. So yeah. I might then go looking at a random word and some might not work. I mean, you might have to almost abandon some. Mm. But then you could also take, if it gives you a, a random word and you don't think that work, my map, the random word. Yeah. So you can also use elements from your day. You could write down interesting things you see, you hear, or you do. And these can easily become some form of art so you could use them for journal pages or another creative way you could use for poetry there's there's no reason you can't use it in any different way but one of the easiest ways I think to use these things is for cartoons oh yeah it is like there's so much inspiration there from things you see so you think about a situation or something that you did recently or you saw recently and you put a little twist on it and you've got a cartoon I used to do it all the time. For you remember, I did that um, hundred day project where I created the sticky note cartoons. Yeah, and obviously, if you're doing, you're creating a cartoon every day for a hundred days. You start <laughs> losing <laughs> ideas. You've got loads at first, and then you sit there and you think, okay, what have I done today? Right, I've, I've walked the dog. What happened when I walked the dog? So there might be no big thing, but you know. So for example, I I noticed that. Everybody knew the dog's names, but no one used the people's names. So then you think, oh, how can I make that into a cartoon? And, and I can't even remember what I did. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure it was very funny. But, <laughs> but, you know, you use what you just learned. Or one day I couldn't, I couldn't remember which way to go. And I asked my dog and the dog, you know, told me. Or one day I was trying to think what new career I could have. It's before I knew that I wanted to do art. And um, and then I did a comparison with me and the dog. So my big decision was deciding what career move to make. His big decision was deciding where to pee. <laughs> oh, how easy a life of a dog is. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get what you mean. I suppose that's what very much very similar to what I did with Felicity Fizz. Um, yes, totally Felicity Fizz. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's she's I've had to put a little post up on my on her Instagram page saying I'm just on a different project at the moment but she's coming back and she she will but um you know you just got so many plates spinning at one point you just have to put one down for a bit and think right I'm gonna concentrate on these others for a little while but yeah I mean Felicity Fizz for anyone who doesn't know she's a cartoon character I I am I guess an alter ego (laughs) a much much younger version of me but um and she was she's very very uh what's the word like she'll she'll dance around naked with a hoover and things like that. I de- genuinely don't tend to do that very often anyway, every now and then, you know. 
<laughs> but she'll do things. And, and I used to do that a lot. I show a lot of the things that I, a lot of the posts I did for her were basically snippets of her day, but really very loosely based on perhaps something that may have happened to me. For instance, but where, you'd take it to the extreme, wouldn't you? I would take it to the, yeah. the extreme. So, so for instance, there was one time when my um, washing machine broke down and I, I had to get the repairman out and it was in the middle of COVID. We hadn't had anyone over in the house for a year, hadn't really been anywhere for about a year. And um, so just seeing a, a washing machine man was like, oh, my God, another face, you know. He was wearing a mask and everything, and so were we. But... um. So that kind of inspired me to do a, a post where Felicity Fears, um, her washing machine broke down, but when her washing machine man came, she handcuffed him to the hand to the units because she she was so desperate for some company <laughs> that she just kind of handcuffed him there for a while. Um, I th- I'm sure he quite liked it. <laughs> oh, <sure> he did. <laughs> so yeah, that's what yeah that's what you mean, isn't it? Things like that. And it, yeah. actually, if I was to try and create a cartoon and I I wasn't thinking about things that had happened to me at some point as inspiration I don't know how I would come up with the storyline because I kind of have to I have to be inspired by the things I've done or would like to do even in my head you know I think you can also be inspired by so I've been inspired by things I've heard on podcasts as yeah. well so it doesn't necessarily so so just in case you think well i haven't done anything today well you have done things because even little silly phone calls you can get things yeah. from but but you can look at tv programs you've watched or yeah you know, you've watched the news which is kind of depressing but you know every now and again or, there'll be a nice story yeah or a friend has told you something so yeah them. yeah yes definitely uh, i mean the original Felicity fizz wasn't your story it was your mom's story wasn't it yeah it was yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad told me a story that um involved my mom and it was what triggered the whole thing yeah yeah I I actually think earwigging as well is a really good way of thinking of a storyline or a character and I'm not talking about listening in on private conversations with the people you know but yes you are well no but more the people you don't know (laughs) so so like on um public transport for example and I've, I was saying to you earlier, I've got to go on a train tomorrow and I don't like the trains. But one thing I do like about a train is um, earwigging on people's conversations because it's so boring on a train. It really is. And I don't want to just stare at my phone and I will take my sketchbook. So, you know, hopefully I'll be doing a bit of sketching. But um, what I love is if someone's having a conversation, you know, those people that talk really loud on their mobiles. Yeah. I think, well, if you're going to talk loud, then expect to be earwigged. <laughs> I think they want you to listen, those people. I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. And I can't help but listen, you know. And if I was a writer, I think I'd use that kind of thing as inspiration for storylines. Um, so, yeah, write notes from things like that or, or make little sketches to look back on for inspiration when you're running out of your ideas. Listening on, on someone else's conversation, it's outside of your life completely so it's things that you might not ever think of you know so the other thing you could do you can actually look back on your own previous work to get ideas and I'm not saying that you know I I go back to all my work and gush and go oh my god that's marvelous you know it's nothing like that but at the end of the day I paint certain things I love to paint certain things and those things are what inspire me so I know occasionally in the past when I've had a block I've actually gone back to my website and I've gone back to my um, page of 
just paintings that I've done in the past, not not paintings that are for sale, but paintings that I've done previously a long time ago. And I might see something and think, oh gosh, I remember painting that. Oh, I really enjoyed that. And I'd love to do one of those again. And it could just be something like that that sends me running back to my easel. So that is something that is worth doing. Don't always think you've got to look at other people for inspiration. Actually, you can look at yourself for inspiration because you've done all of these things in the past. You've done, you've done these things you're happy enough with to sell. So why not try and be inspirational to yourself? Do you agree you to that? that with your, yeah, you can do that with your sketchbook as well. Yeah. Because I've got sketchbooks full of stuff. So not necessarily great drawings or anything, but I was going back through one of them and that's probably what kickstarted me doing, you know, the faces I've doing, been doing with doodles in them. Yeah. So I'll go back and look at something. Oh, I love, quite like that. I'd forgotten that I'd done it, you know, a mm. little black and white sketch in my sketchbook. And then I'll start developing that. I think, oh, I could think I can use that. And it, it's your own stuff. So it's not like you're taking anything of anyone else's. But it, it's almost like that forgotten, it, those things in your sketchbook are almost like ideas you put by for a rainy day sometimes, yeah. I think. And it, you can go and revisit them. Yeah. It's it's a way of developing your own work as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Well, let's like say you can't explore everything once, can no. you? So you might have those extra ideas and yeah. you haven't got time to take them further. Mm. But there's another technique you can use, and it's called free writing. And in fact, I think the first time I ever heard about this free writing was on someone else's podcast. Um, they were talking about the fact they'd done it, and they'd done it from that book, is it the, the artist artist's way or something? Which actually we both read, and, and neither of us were that bowled over by it. But a lot of people love that book, don't they? They think it's amazing, do, and yeah. and it works for some people. But um, the actual free writing thing I kind of get because the idea is that you pick up a pen and you just start writing without thinking. So you might start off by writing, I've got no idea what to write. I've got no idea what to write. What shall I write? What shall I write? You might say that about a hundred times, but then eventually other things will start trailing off the pen. So um, I suppose the important thing is not to stop and think what to write, but just to keep letting the words flow on the page and um, and do not hold back, no matter how bad or how meaningless those words are, just write it down anyway, because no one is going to see it at all. Um, you're meant not even meant to read it back. You're supposed to just get it all out and then bin it. Obviously, if it's got really terrible things written in it, burn it. <laughs> but But you don't read back. And the idea of this is it sweeps out all of the crap from your head and completely clears your mind to make room for fresh new ideas and I think it's used isn't it sometimes for therapy isn't it just get up write down all of the things that you are most angry about or whatever and get it out on paper bin it then it's it's gone and then you're clear you're you know I think it can be very effective for that well, you see, my idea of free writing is different to that. Oh, that's interesting. Go on. Yeah, I actually read a book on free writing, but it, it mm. was used in a different way. It's, just, it's the same thing you're talking about, but used in a different way. Okay. Um, and what it was, was say you have a, when I say problem, say you've got a problem to solve, I don't mean a problem problem, but say like you want ideas for an art project. Yeah. Say, for example. So you state 
I'm right. Okay. So for five minutes, I'm going to write constantly or type constantly. You can do it that way as well about this topic. Um, and the idea is you just keep typing. Like you say, if you can't think what to write, you put, I can't think what to write or anything that pops in your head. And it's supposed to be that you don't censor yourself. So whereas your brain normally said, you think of something, you think, oh, that's, well, you don't, your brain doesn't even that to get you to find out because your subconscious says, no, that's rubbish. Don't, don't bother even thinking about that. It will come out on the paper, that yeah. rubbish idea. Mm. But that rubbish idea may not be as rubbish as you thought it was. Yeah. And there may be an essence of good in that rubbish idea. And I've actually used it. My post-it cartoons actually originated from free writing. Really? Um, yeah, I probably never told you that. No. Uh, but because because originally I did the post-it cartoons because somebody else had, had come to me. and It wasn't a, a job job. We were just doing this little collaboration-y thing. And she wanted to – she'd written a sort of little cartoon thing, which was a bit weird actually. And she wanted a cartoon to go with it. So I wanted a different way of doing the cartoons. And originally it was a business type thing. Mm. And I was thinking, I don't want it just to be a normal character, a just drawn character. So what can I do? So I started free writing on it. And one of the things that came up in there was it was post-its. And I guess because you use them in business, you, you know, you might use them to organize things. And then I think I started playing with them and drawing them and stuff like that. And it developed into a cartoon. It was only later I started doing them for myself more. But yeah, so you might start because say I was coming up with ideas for a business cartoon. So I was writing that and I might have come up with uh, bits of stationery in your desk. And I, you know, Karen writing stuff like that and then post it somehow comes out in it. And then you think you can look back in that and where you're saying you throw it away. This was a yeah. case of look back and you might go and circle a few things so your your version of free writing is to try and then pluck out elements of it to form an idea whereas my my idea of free writing is to just get all of the crap out of your head and make room for ideas (laughs) so yeah it's interesting isn't it I suppose there are two ways of doing it so yeah two for one yeah there you go (laughs) right what we next Uh, creativity cards now, I don't know if you must have seen some of the different creativity cards. Have you seen them, Sandra? <laughs> yeah, I have. Well, I haven't seen them. I've heard of loads. Yeah. yeah. You've so told I've me got, about them before. Yeah, I've got a couple of different ones. I've got Michael McAlco's Think Pack. And then I've got an app, which is called the Creative Whack Pack, which I always think sounds <laughs> isn't it? I, I won't go into what it sounds like to me. But there you go. Perhaps oh. like, it does give, generate ideas. Creative Whack Pack. I know. Are you okay. thinking what I'm thinking now? Uh, I'm trying to work it out, but I think, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> no, let's not go there. But anyway, the idea of these cards are that you have a problem that you want to solve. When I say problem again, I mean that you're trying to come up with an art idea and then you're a bit stuck. So you'll turn over or click on one of these cards. It gives you this suggestion and then you see how you could integrate that suggestion with what you're trying to work on. So it might say something really simple like, um, what if it was in another country? You know, and it's just, it's almost like throwing that randomness. Are you, so are problem. you saying, say for instance, you're writing a book, right? Yeah. So yeah. are you saying, I'm saying, oh, I don't know, you get to a point in your book like, oh, I don't know where I'm going with this. 
I'm now at a point where I don't know where this story is going. You could turn over a card and it'll say, what if it was in another country? And you could say, oh, I know, she goes on holiday or or she goes travelling. It might not necessarily say what if, but it it might just, it will just give you some sort of odd suggestion. Yeah. So um, it, it might say, what if you broke it apart? Okay. I keep saying what if, but it's not necessarily saying what if. It, it, but it just gives you some some possible idea. So if it was broken apart, what would happen? So if you were writing your story, you'd think, okay, so what if she has a breakup? Or what if something gets broken that she's she's working on? Like, so you can yeah. take it, not literally, but like you can unpick it in other different ways different ways it's basically just supposed to spark you off in a different way well you've got no idea the imagination that's come to mind with creative whack pack i've got several scenarios in my head at the moment (laughs) (laughs) you've been too busy thinking about that haven't you Uh, yeah that's going on in my head along with the gobstopper and now i've got two things going (laughs) (laughs) but you could also create your own um, creative cards yeah so for example what you might do is you might think okay I'm gonna have four categories or something like that so you might have a category that's a medium so that could be you know oil painting watercolor whatever then you might have another one that's a living thing and then under that category you'll have like you know flower a dog you know anything that's living and then you might have another one, a category that's color and yeah. into that, in that you'll have and then you have another one that's objects so you might have inanimate objects in there and then you might say okay I'm going to pick one or two of each of these cards and then I'm going to use that to inspire a piece of art or inspire a book or a poem or whatever so yeah that's another way make your own and and, and the next one um, is doodle and let your mind wander and this is something you do Tara a lot but to be honest yeah. it's not something I ever do <laughs> so the only time I've done that is when I'm on the phone but I suppose it's the drawn form of free writing isn't it just seeing what comes out but honestly Tara I think you'd be better explaining how how you think your mind works when you're doodling because I'm not qualified to do that (laughs) yeah because I'll get a sketchbook out like like the other day I was sitting with a dog and um I said, you know, I haven't done any sketching for ages. And I wasn't really inspired. So I had no, and I always, I know I'm going to draw faces or characters because I like drawing those things. Mm. But I wasn't really inspired as to what face or what character. I thought, I'll just get my sketchbook out and I'll just start and see what happens. And that's the entire idea. You just start. And I'm, so I start and I think, okay, let's let's put an eye there. All right. Okay. Yeah, quite like that. And then. I just start squiggling or sometimes it's even looser than that so I might just hold my pen really loosely and draw a shape and yeah and keep then wiggling and look into it and think uh yeah that could be that so it's like starting with no I want to say no intention I don't mean no intention because I know I'm creating a face or a character but I mean I don't know what the end character is going to look like or the end face yeah so it's not I've not got this picture in my head it's just let's start. And the funny thing is, when I start that, I won't just create one. Oh, generally there'll be two, three, four sketches yeah. in a row. Yeah. Because I'll start and I'll really like it. Uh, and that's when I was doing the gum strip things. Mm. That was happening. So I just put a bit of gum strip down. And I even got one that I had a sketch that had gone wrong um, for something we were doing, actually. And it was just a really 
basic line drawing. So I just stuck gum strip over the top of it and drew on top. That's a really good way of um, actually using things like that, isn't it? You stick it over the bit you don't like, and then you just go over it. <laughs> so then you can keep the bits you do like. <laughs> the bits you do like. You don't, they don't go to waste. You can guarantee if you yeah, try but- to do it again, the bits you do like wouldn't be as good. It wasn't even the same drawing. I just no. drew something totally different. Oh, I see. Top. I see. Yeah. Well, there's a different face. So there's an old ah, woman's face. And then yeah. I drew a young guy's face over the top. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's that no attention thing. Yeah. I think sometimes, like you say, if you have no intention, you you have little expectation of the result as yeah. well. So you're more often going to be pleased about the result rather than disappointed as well. Because if you have an expectation yeah. of what you're trying to create – if by not trying to create anything in particular, you can't really be disappointed with it, can you? So that's And I think your mind's wandering, so you're more mm. prepared to try things as well. Yeah. So another one that you've written. <laughs> <laughs> create splats or blobs on a page, see what they look like and work into them. And it's funny, actually, because although this isn't something I generally do as a rule, I've seen this a lot in our group as well, and some of them are brilliant. Um, and I always remember Tara, you'll remember this, when you were inspired by a splat of bird poo. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, the bird poo thing, because you thought it looked like a horse or a pony or something, didn't you? Bird poo pony. Bird poo pony. And you cre- Did you create a bird poo pony from this no. splat of bird poo, or you just had an idea that you might? <laughs> I didn't have a camera with me or a phone with me at the time. Oh, but you might have taken a picture of the bird poo and drawn yeah. over it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was before I was doing things by hand. I was mm. doing things digitally at the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it looked like a pony. It was just this splat of white bird poo on the on the path. And I, I know that's disgusting. Sorry if you're having your breakfast. <laughs> And, um, but I thought, and I wrote a blog post. How, how unbelievable. I write a blog post called Bird Poo Pony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just the sort of thing you would do, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember when I was a kid, we used to put a splat of paint on a piece of paper and then fold it in half and then you open it out. Do you remember that? Everyone yeah. used to do it. And then, then yeah. you kind of look at it and you think, ooh, it's usually a butterfly. But um, otherwise, you know, you, you can get some really interesting shapes from that. And because our minds are programmed to make sense of things, we will naturally start to see things in those shapes that aren't immediately, obviously there. Your brain's trying to find something and it will. But did you remember I used to do things right? So I'd get bits of paint and then I'd cut out bits of colour paper, stick them, and then each day I'd just go in. It was when I started doing things by hand a bit more. Yeah. Each day I'd go in and think, oh, what can I do with that? Mm. Yeah. I think it's really good for cartoonists, that kind of thing as well, if they're trying to create yeah. characters. You've got this blob yeah. and, you know. Maybe it is. Anyway, I'll shut up now. Go on. Well, that's it. <laughs> I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't elaborate too much on that because I don't do it. <laughs> I, I stopped you in your flow, though. You were saying something. Oh, no, I wasn't. Well, I have to get in there because I think I don't know when you stopped. I <laughs> don't don't breathe. So I think, has she stopped? Like, I've stopped. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to elaborate uh, on that, Tara, because like I say, it's not something I do a great deal of. I'll tell you what we did, I did see, talking about the people in our group that have done it. There was a lady, and I can't remember her name. I'm so sorry if, if you're listening. But um, she did about, I don't know, 10, 15 ink, little ink splodges of colour or, or random little, little blobs of colour on a page. And then she created a little character out of each one. And that was really cool. Yeah, we. I think they were the ones that inspired. Do you remember we did the podcast, which was um, 
uh, using your imagination, your art. I can't yeah. remember the exact name of it. So we talk about it in that. So if you want to find out more, go and have a listen to that episode. Mm. Sorry, can't remember the um, which one it was, but it was something about using your imagination. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one, which is, I guess is similar to the Splats and Blob, is to take away the element of control but when, on your drawing. And that is so you might wet your page before you start drawing on it. And then as you start drawing, things that you wouldn't expect to happen, happen. And it can create interesting effects that you wouldn't have created yourself. I remember seeing something, and I loved this, by Susan Bell, oh, Susan Bell 10 on Instagram. She'd done this amazing face. I absolutely loved it. It was when those Portrait Artists of the Week were on. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Mm. And what I said, how did you get that effect? Because it was kind of a mass of lines, but they all looked amazing. And she said she had tied her pens to garden canes. So so obviously, and she, she'd started the drawing that way. Then I assume she must have worked into it a bit more. Mm. But just this, oh, it just looked amazing. Massive lines looked fantastic. But you can even just use blind contours. So if you do a blind contour where, so you're not looking at, at your paper, you're just looking at what you're drawing, start work around like that and then look at yeah. it and then work into it more so mm. you don't have to leave it as the unfinished thing but then you get interesting lines and quirks and I think that Felix Scheinberger I think he starts his stuff like that yeah. I love his work it's amazing I guess it's the extreme version of going back to what you said earlier about holding your pen really loosely isn't it at the yeah. top just the extreme going, yeah. version of that mm. yeah um so there's also other things you can do which are like setting yourself constraints yeah are you not going to say what are setting yourself constraints oh well if you want me to be rude about it <laughs> we can go back to the creative whack pack <laughs> <laughs> no i know so, what you mean i know what you mean by constraints yeah 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 so you might say i'm only going to use straight lines to do this drawing and make yourself draw the whole thing with a ruler or you might say i'm only going to use blue or only going to use blue and yellow for this drawing or i'm only going to spend 10 minutes on it each of those things forces you to work in a different way to how you would normally and you'll get different results um you could also cut up elements and arrange them in different ways so you might use bits for it to make a collage and they could form. So you might get all bits of magazines, create a collage with it, but you could use the collage as the art itself or you might use that to create a drawing a piece of art from. It might inspire what you do, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so um, I suppose you could all, you could kind of cut bits up and put them together, not as just to make a collage, but to give you ideas of um, perhaps a painting composition and just yeah. oh, perhaps that colour would work with that, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely that sort of thing. Or you could make something really surreal. So you could um, cut up a picture of a person's head and then put it on something else, a building or, mm. do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. Um, you can also cut up words to create poetry, come up from magazines or newspapers. Do you remember I did when I did it with that spam that I had in my emails? No. What was that yeah. then? Well, you know, you get spam emails. You don't get so many now, actually, but you used to get quite rude ones through sometimes. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> the dysfunction of certain things. Yeah. That would be one. And then you'd get oh, all sorts of, like, 
sexy lady waiting for your call. Oh, God, and I, I know. know. I know. Yeah. And of course, after I'd rung them, you know, set up a meeting, oh, then, you, oh, no, <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. Um, <laughs> what was a sexy lady? Yeah. <laughs> So after I'd set up my meeting with the sex lady, I'd then take bits from her spam. So I basically <laughs> took, took all these um, spam emails, did screenshots of them, and then I cut words and stuff out out the spam to see if I could make interesting little phrases. I can't believe you don't remember I did that. No! I'm sure no. you've never told me this. Yeah, I, I did this. It's a few years ago, about five years ago probably. <laughs> No, I just have all these funny little phrases, and they weren't rude in the end. But it they just, were made it just up. sounds really rude because you've just said some se- you've got words out of some sexy lady's spam, and I'm thinking this really <laughs> this really does sound very rude now. <laughs> but the, no, but I took the non. I wish oh, I probably I should have found them so I could have read them out. Yeah. I? Oh I my gosh. I think they're way back in history on my Facebook somewhere. Oh, I'm looking for uh, those. <laughs> but they weren't, they it turned out to be nice little phrases, but they were made up of, of words. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit, a much cleaner version of yours. Um, it's Austin Cleon. He works a bit like that, doesn't he? Cuts yeah. kind of words in a page. He kind Newspapers, of, doesn't he? Yeah, and then he just partially cuts words out and then folds them upwards so they stand out and then they create this phrase or... He blanks out stuff, doesn't he? So yeah. I know he goes into pages and gets his marker and blanks yeah. out the other words. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. do it with... Well, he might do it with sexy lady spam. <laughs> I'm ashamed when he gets a sexy man spam. You don't really get sexy man spam, do you? No. 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 So, uh, so listeners, um, you know what, what Tara wants in her email box. <laughs> Feel free to sexy email her. <laughs> Please don't email, email me, though. <laughs> oh. Well, actually. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Anyway, and oh, yes, there was another one on that. Actually, you can also make characters by not using the sexy lady spam, but by using bits of cut-up ma- magazines. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You've done that before, yeah. and that, that yeah. you've yeah, because you do this thing, don't you, where you you take pictures of just weird objects around the house or you find them in a magazine like a, a home magazine you might see a picture yeah. of a kettle or you might see a picture of I don't know um a fridge freezer or whatever and then you'll you'll cut them out and and you'll put things together to make quirky characters it's really clever but then I'll draw that. them I won't yeah I won't oh, yeah I'll, yeah I'll redraw it. yeah yeah you'll draw a yeah. character but your your initial ideas will become uh, come from all these different um electrical appliances just put together it's really really cool i love how you do that that's really good yeah not dirty electrical (laughs) (laughs) anyway anyway similarly this is another one of yours um well let's face it 90 percent of these are yours really but this one cut up bits of your own work and arrange well i came out in a cold sweat when i read that i thought i was horrified i thought the idea of cutting up work Oh, my gosh. But I can actually see how this could be really useful. If you've got a piece of work that just isn't working for you, you could actually recycle the parts you do like and use it for collage or something similar if you're that kind of um, abstract artist or um, experimentation artist. I mean, this isn't going to work for me because I'm not someone who particularly, you know, likes collaging particularly in my sketchbook but if you do it's a perfect way of using bits that you like and getting rid of what you don't 
I used to know someone actually who used to cut up old bits of work um, and just cut elements from it and use it to make gift tags and bookmarks and things like that. And that was a really good idea. All right. Hmm. Well, I, I've done it as in, in my sketchbook, I've I come up with a character, but then I don't like the character I've got with it yeah. or something like that. So I've then digitally gone in, scanned it, taken out the thing I don't like, put in the one I do like from another page, mm. and then I've repaint I've painted it as a bigger you know as a more finished piece yeah but also um Lewis Rosignol I learned from him he showed that in his sketchbooks what he does is you know he does his quite loose drawings but then he might take a bit of an old sketch he's done and just cut up a square or a slither of it and he'll put that in to, to balance it off on the other side side of the spread yeah you know I never used to do spread I still don't do it much but I never used to work across a spread no. I always just work on a page and I still prefer just to work on a page, but I do. I did like the way you did that. Yeah, really nice. So now is another one, and this is what ifs. And I kept on saying what if before, so I was trying to stop myself, but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but what ifs are a great way to get out of being stuck? So start by asking you quite self questions about your work. So and I've written one. I'm looking at, it and I think, oh, why have I written this? <laughs> so you might say, what if it was huge? <laughs> what if it had to fit in a circle so what I mean by that is say you've decided and I know you'd never do this but say you've decided you're going to draw a wine bottle yeah I might say to you what if it was huge so you could then put a draw paint a wine bottle but then have a really small person standing in front of it or inside it or inside it um, or you put a gobstopper that's massive <laughs> yeah. resting on top of the wine yeah. bottle. But you know what I mean? Mm. It, it's that, well, you would never have thought and you probably never want to paint that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't right. know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I can see what idea. you mean. I can see what you mean, you know, by having something that's not so obvious. It's trying to come out of the obvious, isn't it? Yeah. So you could say, what if it was really small? And then you could have time. You could have a hand holding a mini wine bottle, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Or you could say, what if it had to fit in a circle? In which case, you're like, how could I distort that wine bottle? And I don't mean just literally have it fitting beautifully in the middle of the circle. I mean, you've got to bend that bottle Mm. so it fits in a circle. Distortion. So you're asking what if again. And there's loads of what ifs you can start asking. Um, There's also the obvious one, which is to switch mediums for new results. So you break out your comfort zone. So sometimes we become so comfortable with our usual way of working that we get stuck in a rut. Yeah. And I know I get like this because once you know how to use something really well, you might not push it in different ways. Mm, I know and what then, you mean. So I, I use my near colour, but then I think if I get a different medium like my watercolour markers, they make much different effects. Yeah. And so it forces me to work slightly differently. Another idea um, is to collaborate. And obviously, this is something I do do um, a lot with you, Tara. Um, And this could be a straightforward sharing of ideas, or it could be that one person starts a piece and the other continues it. And um, and Tara, we wrote a children's book, didn't we, which we've mentioned before, by doing that exact thing. So Tara wrote the first, I think it was 500 words or 250 words, I can't remember. And then she handed it to me, and then I was going to have to write the next 500 words and then I handed it back and so on and we did that for well basically until we came to an ending forever it was forever 
Oh, 13,500 <laughs> words or whatever. But it was a really interesting way of doing it because, you know, the story took us to places that neither one of us would have got to on our own. I mean, you'd come back to me with your part and I'd think, oh, my God, how on earth did she get there from what I'd put? And then vice versa, you'd think, oh, my God, what's she done? Where, where are we now sort of thing? But it could work. Well, I, I kept on waiting for you to wrap it up and I had, please wrap it up. <laughs> Every every time I started trying to wrap it up, you'd keep it going again. I I was loving it. (laughs) I was loving it. And and then what we did in the end is that the whole thing, I I just then polished it up to blend it all together at the end. And it was a really, really good story. But it could also work for other creative projects as well. I mean, it might be that you're both working on one piece of work. I wouldn't want to do that as in a painting, but there are people that would want to do that. There's all sorts of um, collaborations you could do. I remember seeing this website online where they would invite artists to go along and they could collaborate and work on the same canvas. And I don't think there was any planning. Mm. You would just, I think someone would start working. I don't know if they worked on it at the same time or whether they would take it in turns, but that sounded quite weird. But I've seen it online where there's been an artist that say done a blind contour and then they've sent it to someone else. Yeah. And then they've worked on it. Oh, that sounds really cool. It reminds me of the game Hats. Do you remember the game Hats where you drew a hat and folded the yeah. paper down and then the next person drew the head and then folded it down and then you came up, uh, you opened it up at the end and you'd have this weird character. <laughs> kind of like a much more um, complex version of that, I guess. <laughs> you remember but- I started that project with these sketchbooks that never actually came back in the end? Sketchbook Relay. Oh, yes. Yeah. It didn't That's come back, kind did it? it? Yeah. No, never got any of them back. I sent out, I think it was 10 sketchbooks. And basically you had to, um, the first, whoever it got to, who said they wanted to take part, mm. they would draw something and yeah. then pass it to someone they knew who then would draw on the next page. And fill, the idea was fill up the sketchbooks and then we'd yeah. auction these sketchbooks off for charity, but none ever came back. <laughs> but that's a kind of, that's a collaborative kind of project. But it involves everybody having to actually do the thing they're meant to be doing doesn't it (laughs) so one thing that almost always works for me if I'm running low on ideas or inspiration is to visit a gallery and I think all artists do need to detach from their own bubble sometimes and just immerse themselves amongst other people's art and when I do this it's almost I don't know it just it just breathes a bit of fresh air into my own work I think because I can look around and think oh I love that oh I'd love to do something like that and I don't mean go and find inspiration and copy it's more like you just see how other people are working and then it just little pieces of information just trickle into your brain about that piece and what you liked about it and then you it makes you think oh I'd love to try that do you know what I mean oh, anyway how you breathed you breathed I, I, I took a breath I took a breath yeah. sorry about that I know it's very unusual <laughs> but I think that's it I think we've come to the end yeah so are we going to read out the answers to our previous question yes uh, and that was what is your dream creative project and I've been thinking about this one myself you know last time I said it was a thing that we thought was going to be happening anyway yeah you probably can't remember that but I was thinking a really cool thing and I don't know if I've said this before wouldn't it be great to sit with a group of writers that write comedy you know like these sitcoms and stuff oh yeah wouldn't it it be great to be in on that and watch how they do that and maybe get to contribute I I love that because I love creating stories yeah, I just think it'd be funny to see how they come up with the funny yeah. bits. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Brilliant. 
Anyway, I have got Beckett Art and Design, and he says, I have no particular dream project, but I'm living my dream now. Retirement can be awesome. I get up and I decide what to draw or paint next. Yeah, that is living the dream. (laughs) Every artist's dream, retirement, (laughs) so they can just do their art full time, ideal. So I've got Karen Emma Richart. And she says, I would love to participate in a Kick in the Creatives podcast. Laughy face. Oh, that's face. really nice. Yeah. We need to find I, I out who Karen a, is. <laughs> she wouldn't get a word in, would she? That's the trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Radiant Lotus Fine Art. I'd like to paint a life-size recreation of Botticelli's, I can never say this, Botticelli's Primavera. I've tried to paint the birth of Venus several times with horrible, horrible results. I bet they weren't that horrible. I've got Vanessa Elliman, and she says, I would love to be on a team of artists that does Christo-style art. Since he died last year, I don't know if there's someone around quite like him. I've no idea what Christo-style art is. Do you? No, I don't. I feel like I want to look it up now. Roving J, I've written a couple of travel guides, and I plan to write more, but I'd love to include urban sketches in them. When you travel, it's the people you meet that help you connect to a place. So I think the addition of people helping to provide a sense of place would create engaging content. I also wrote and published a poetry collection, but paid an artist to draw line sketches in them. But for future books, I'd do my own. Oh, she does brilliant sketches. I can see why. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. I've got Art Table 551. I wonder how many other art tables there are. (laughs) Maybe 550, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she says, to paint a colourful mural in my hometown. I don't even know if I can paint one. Laughy, laughy. Oh, you should go back to listen to... um... Andrea Earhart. Andrea Earhart. Um, I'm just trying to think of the episode number, but she's she does that. She paints murals around um, towns. They're amazing. You should definitely look yeah. at her. Um, Rick Fravor. I would love to have a full-time position teaching art to others, kids or adults, because honestly, what better project than to foster the desire for creativity in others? I've got Rob Myers, and he says, I would love to be an art therapist, helping people to connect with a higher self through art. I'm not sure I've got a higher self. No, I don't know if I have, but maybe Rob can help us connect to it. Yeah. (laughs) Mary Flynn, I have a couple of children's books stuck in my head that I would love to complete. I've got Adrian Sutherland and she says, I have two and a half novels in my head, but would love to publish a book of poetry with a few of my own illustrations dotted about. Kathy Richardson, to sketch as I travel instead of taking photos. Now, I've got Andy W. Art, and he says, in order of what I would like to do, descending to what is more likely. So, number one, illustrate a graphic novel. Two, get cartoons published. Three, make a living as an artist. Four, remember to put my pants on before my shoes in the morning. Now, I think he's American, American, so I assume he means trousers and not putting his underpants on. Oh, I was thinking pants as in underwear. (laughs) Yes, that was I. I was thinking... Just remembering to put your your pants on full stop. <laughs> Did I tell you I had a dream about that? What about, not Andy, about Andy's? Not, not about Andy and his Andy's pants, underpants. No. no, not about Andy and his pants. I had a dream the other night, and I don't know where these come from, but it's very weird. And I was I was going to this important interview or event or something, and I had a dress on, which already is that's a no go, isn't it? Because I'm not going to be wearing a dress. Let's face it. No, I was going to say I never can't imagine you wearing a dress. I wear a dress about once a year. Um, 
but I suddenly realised I had no pants on. And I do mean <gasps> underwear. Yeah, so I'm going to this Portland event. But that's not the worst of it. I then suddenly wonder if my dress is a bit see-through. Oh, now, no. I'm no, no doubt there's some deep Freudian psychology <laughs> in that. But I don't know what it is. Oh, I've had some really... It'll be... Go on. It'll be that naked thing in front of a crowd thing, won't it? Oh, God, yeah. A dream. Yeah. I remember on, once I, I had an actual um, really embarrassing situation involving my underwear. Um, in oh, you told me this one. It made me laugh. Did I have I told you this one? Yeah. When I went to pick, you haven't told everybody else it, though. When I went to pick Charlie up from school years ago, is it this one? Yeah. And walking into the playground, I could feel something. You know when you feel like you're <laughs> treading on something? You know, what am I treading yeah. on? I had jeans on. And it was getting caught in my shoe and I looked down and it was a pair of knickers that obviously were in my <laughs> jeans from the day before that I hadn't realised. And they'd obviously slid down my leg and they were coming out of my, my um, <laughs> the leg of my jeans. That's, that's the same as the supermarket one, so you must have done it multiple times. No, I think the one you're talking about, the supermarket one was different. The supermarket one was when I went into, I needed some... Um, we call them kumquats, but there's, there's another word for them called um, fasalis. Fasalis. Oh, yes. Well, I yes, didn't know it. they were called, there was an easy name of kumquats at the time, but the one in the supermarket was when I was asking the lady, because I couldn't find any, if she had any syphilis. <laughs> and no, she, no. she looked at me and she went, sorry? <laughs> I said, have you got any syphilis? I really need one for a recipe. <laughs> and she said, I don't know what you mean. I said, they're little orange fruits. And she went, oh, you mean fasalis? <laughs> I thought, like, well, what did I say then? So I was shouting um, STDs around the place. That was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Anyway. Um, anyway, Mar- moving on. Anyway, we do a lot of anyways, don't we? Um, Margaret Gray, plein air painting in Ireland, sitting on a mountain with my umbrella, with goats giving me dirty looks. Oh, wow. What a vision that is. Amazing. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. I've got Marie Westcott. She says, I've made poems for work on the radio and it's growing. Just have to incorporate it into my art next. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Carol Whitmore, right now I have no idea, but I do know I would love, love, love to work collaboratively with like-minded people on creating something. I recently watched the Manchurian series and really enjoyed it. Then discovered a program about the creating of the series with John Favreau. It was also a series that included the roundtable discussions and film shooting of all the processes and developments of everything from concepts to directors and actors to all of the technology and CGI. I was so enviously impressed with how so many people worked together on a huge creative project. It looked so fun. Oh, I know you gave me that one. That was a really long one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the all arranged because i know that if it's a bad blooper you'll only put mine in if it's bad so i give you all, i give you all the long ones to read because that's my bit so i've got nick tate west and she says can't say because then i might have to do it you know what they say about giving voice to something but it involves a garden and a drawing room oh like cluedo i think she's gonna play cluedo <laughs> Sue Watson, I would love to paint something on a wall. I've done two large-scale wall paintings with children over the years, and it was great fun. Both times I chose a film with the children. They did the drawings, which I arranged into a design and drew on the wall. Then I took the children out into groups to paint it. They chose the colours, but they couldn't paint the drawings they'd originally done. 
The last one was some hoardings outside of the school while an extension was being built. We sponged the background with green and blue and I drew on the children's drawings of flowers and insects and a spider. They were all from year three and it was wonderful. The most fun ever to do. Okay, so uh, we have a brand new question for you, which is an interesting one, actually. If someone narrated your life, who would you want to be the narrator? So if someone narrated your life, who would you want to be the narrator? So, Tara, who would you want to be the narrator of your life? I don't know. Maybe you, because then I could have a sexy laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would have How a hearing. No, I don't know. I, I hadn't given this any thought because I I just was thinking I was going to ask you. I never expect you to ask me as well. <laughs> well, I hadn't given it any thought because I hadn't given it any thought. <laughs> so I'm just interested, yeah. Imagine you're in a film and someone's narrating over you. Who would that be? Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. So as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kit Creators or let us know in the Facebook group, which I highly suggest you join if you haven't already. We put the question up there and also on the Facebook page and, of course, on our Instagram page, which is Kicking the Creatives. And we hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed. So don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And, of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are enjoying the podcast, we'd be really, really grateful if you would leave us a little review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us, um, or even just a star rating if you don't have any time. And don't forget to check out our Neo Colors art course by going to kickingthecreatives.com forward slash Neo Colors. And if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us here at Kicking the Creatives, you can now do so by buying us a coffee. And you can find the link to um, the Kofi link on our website. Anyway, that is it for this time, and we will see you again soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, Perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Can you hear that? Yeah. Is that the dog? So sorry. Yeah, my dog has just wandered through the kitchen, been slurping his water, and now he's just jumped out of the dog flap. So he's making a hell of a noise. Oh, he's normally just laying in bed with his legs in the air, but yeah. Anyway, um, anyway.